Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. I just saw something that made me really hope Cincinnati loses. <laughs> okay. The Cincinnati Inquirer on Twitter posted a montage. I mean, this thing is four minutes long. No, 320. It's three minutes, 20 seconds long. And it's nothing but Bengals fans' reactions to them going to the playoffs. Like at the moment they did. And I'm going, really that many of you guys set up phones to do this? You guys really put your cameras on? That many of you Bengals fans set up phones, set up cameras to do this? You really did? Well, yeah, they really did. did a, are you we on a delay? I'm not on a delay, am no. I? No. Okay, good. I, I, Lima just did it. I, I thought Lima was going to speak quicker, and he didn't speak quicker. So what? what is your problem with it? Enjoy the moment. Not everything needs to be a viral moment for you. Oh, did Not you, everything needs to be that way. Oh, I think I think that. The, hey, is you, out of, hey is out of the barn on that one. It's 2022, Ken. I mean. Everything's a viral moment. Didn't you have a fake video of it something? It wasn't oh, yeah. fake. That's the thing of it. I did not know. Liz was doing it. I did not know. Which on game was that? On my children, I did not know. Which monumental game was that? That was week two against the New Orleans Saints. Anything happen after that game? Yes, we conceived Axel. Oh. What happened that year? Then Axel was born. The Browns went 7-9 and nine that year. Oh, okay. Axel was born in June. and uh, So what's worse? Gotta, so hold on. What, what is what? worse? You filming that insignificant game and your reaction to conception. that game? Or well, the conception I think a lot of people would have been very delighted to see. Yeah, I mean, honestly, or, if you had a thousand si- Clevelanders in a room, how many Clevelanders would be like, "Hey, I got a video of Ken and, and his wife." What do you, what do you like? Mm-hmm. How many? A hundred? Would a hundred want to watch out of a thousand? Oh no! Well, no, there would 30. be thirty. Could we get thirty Clevelanders to watch? No, out of a thousand, like one percent would say that they'd actually watch it, but fifty percent would watch it. Everybody views any video that's sent to them. If somebody texts you a video and it looks like it's going down that path, what percentage of people are like, well, I have to watch it? What if you were like, he's really good at it. You're going to be surprised. Uh, I actually think if you're really bad at it, that would be more fun to watch. I start crying in the middle of it. Did Did you give, we were asking this question, did you give, what? I don't know you're crying or laughing, I don't know. I'm did laughing. you give Jason Lockafor whatever you had on uh, through the radio, Did you transmit that through the phone line. Yes, he Be- started coughing, and then <laughs> and someone <laughs> was like tweeting at me, and I'm like, I'm not the one coughing. It's Jason. I actually like so during that interview or during anything, I will take my microphone cord 
because there's a plug on my box, right, where it plugs into my my. Uh, I mean, I would call it an XLR cable. I think that's actually what it is, but it clips into the box. I actually unclip it, so you can actually. Let me. I'm gonna do it here. Let me. Let me see if you hear this. Okay. Okay. Give me like five right. seconds. Here, here we, we go. go. Can you hear that when I click in? Yeah, we hear the yeah. click. Okay, you heard the click. When I do that, when you hear that small click, that's when I coughed. It kind of sounds like someone's tapping the phone lines. Mm-hmm. Well, we heard, I was we heard a bunch of coughs, too. We yeah, well, that, it wasn't me that time. Hardly any clicks, a bunch wasn't of coughs. It wasn't me that time. It was him. But during the beginning of the show, I was coughing my ass off, and then you guys made me laugh earlier, it's and I was coughing my ass off then. I was having my own coughing flop. This is the third time I've been sick. I've been t- well, technically, I've been sick a total of four times. I didn't have any symptoms when I had COVID. And then after I got COVID, I got sick. And I've been sick four times technically this winter. Four. Four freaking times I've been like, I'm sick. I have a cold. Nasal drip. Four. Four Uh, times. Just blame the vaccine. I went two years during the pandemic. No cold. No nothing. Mm -hmm. I I was like nervous. Have you tried ivermectin yet? No. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't take it. What what was that one thing those – People took and died. Yeah, they took it out of their fish tank. Hydroxychloroquine. Oh, no, that was something else. That's hydroxycut. Yeah, that that hydroxycut. (laughs) That uh, Keith Britton's uh, solution to everything. That there was a there was a. um, Oh, I stubbed my toe. I think they were in Illinois. They were like an elderly couple, and they took it out of their freaking fish bowl, and they died. The fish died. Dead. And I'm going. If you're that, no, the people died. Well, and part of me, I was. Part of me did wonder, like. If you're Sprinkle that the dumb, human back in hold the on, I'm getting to a damn punchline here, and you're right running now. right yeah. over me. Shut up. Shut your mouths. I don't even want to do it now. <laughs> okay, sorry about Why that. Don't you click out and cough. It's just I'm thinking about this, going, if you're that, how are you that stupid that you put stuff from fish tanks in your body, but you've lived this long to be elderly? I get it. Lyman did it on purpose. <laughs> Bleep you. All right, you want to put together Kicker Week? Uh, I do, but I, I just wanted to respond. We got a, we got a nasty tweet about Lock and Fora. Why? What? Uh, can I read it? He's from somebody who tweets us all the time. Hold on. I'm getting, I'm getting made fun of here about my intro to Jason Lock and Fora. What was wrong with the intro? I don't know. Hold on. You play it. Go ahead. Okay, you read it. Go ahead. Josh Talley says the idea of taking a first round pick away from teams if they don't hire a quote person of color is so ridiculously racist. It's disgusting. So there's not 100 percent integrity with the process, but forcing and disciplining when they don't is outlandish. I guess I would have to I would agree that, yes, yes, if you're just this gets to the heart of. You know, it, it quotas and, and reverse racism. And we went through this with Michigan Law School case over the last 20-plus years. A, a case, by the way, Kenny, that I covered for the Lantern at Ohio State, the largest student-run newspaper in the country with the largest circulation. Your thoughts. Anyway, uh, I, get, I get all that. I'm coughing. I get all that. My question is, why would that bother you more than what the status quo is? Why would the? Because it feels. If I mean, then it just feels like it's unfair to everybody. And, and it. Well, what does this feel like? Do you like it the way it is now, where it's only fair to one, one type of people? 
No, but I also think that, you know, a person wants to get it. I, I think a, in, in practice or in theory, a person wants to get a job based on their own credentials. But the worst thing about it is, is that when you get a job, you're not just going to go, I don't deserve this job. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to do that. More, right. 99% of people are not going to do that. So that's the problem we have. Yeah. Because so, I, I don't think I don't think like a guy like Brian Flores, okay, you're an African-American, we're going to hire you because we need an African-American. Well, right, wait a right. damn minute. But at the same time, you turn that down, that's a lifetime. That's a life-changing job. Now, maybe yeah. Brian Flores would. He seems to have a lot of character. What I don't – So I, I would say that maybe he's the 1% that wouldn't, but what I, don't I a lot of guys would take that job. Why is the – there shouldn't be an assumption in the year 2022 that there isn't a pool of qualified candidates of every race – at this stage exactly for something yes. like NFL coach. Like if we were talking a very, very specific career track where there's only three people in the world that would have the ability to maybe have the understanding of some, some type of principle, some type of engineering. It's specific. not even like a jockey where there's a size restriction. Yeah. Right. Stuff, right. You know, right. Almost anything. Yeah, why can't I be a jockey? I want to know. I think you'd have a lawsuit on your hands, right? If you didn't, if you got passed over, but but like you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, NFL coach, you know, w- they were playing out. Uh, who was the guy? Who's the NFL guy? Not Jimmy the Greek, Al Campanis. They were playing yes. Al Campanis. Oh when, my god! And he's Ivy League educated, right? You, Back in the day, you, you like you cannot get it. it I had to I had to get through it. I had to try it a couple times before I was able to get through that entire clip. Okay, Al Campanis was was essentially saying. What the blacks couldn't be a quarterback? They can't be pitchers. They can't be this. They can't be that. At that time, right? And there were a bunch of people that held that belief. That was not some minority opinion. That was a huge opinion in a lot of walks of life about leadership roles for whatever yeah. reason. And then he got into buoyancy and whether or not black people could swim. Like it, oh, it looking so at bad. it now and listening to it now, it's absolutely absurd. But back in 1985 or whatever that was. That was, I'm not making apologies for him. I'm just saying yeah. that is unbelievably to me today in 2022. That is yeah. what a lot of people thought back then. But yeah. we don't believe that now. We don't think that black people can't quarterback a football team. How ridiculous is that? But that is what people thought forever. Or that somebody could have a leadership role on a football team of all things. A well, football team where we hire 36-year-olds to be head coaches now. I mean, it, but again, like, and this is a thing that, you know, a lot of, and I, I don't know, I need to know how many people who are billionaires, who, who are capable of buying an NFL football team, how many are minorities? Because that's the thing that, that Jason said, and Jason's very passionate, so I don't want to get hooked into, I'm taking the other side, but I brought this up to you a bunch of times before, and I, and this is something I, I don't want to be true. But I think it's I think it's a mark of society. Remember, society moves so slowly. It does. It has to move generation by generation. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that your great grandfather would, would. If you had a discussion with your great grandfather, he'd be appalled by some of the things you believe in, and you'd be just as appalled by some of the things that he thinks he's appalled by by what you believe in. Because we've moved on as a society. We really have. But it takes generations to do that. So when we're talking about billionaires, I mean, look at a, you look at a list of a lot of the owners in the NFL. This is old money. We talked about this yesterday. This is old money. A lot of the, I mean, you got people. The, Mrs. Ford's in her nineties. In her nineties, what's the Bears? McCaskey's owner. in her nineties. Yeah. 
She's not. I think she's 93. And that's that team's been owned by one family for a long time. So there's a lot of, I mean, you look at just a lot of these people, and it, it's not something you just sell every single day. I mean, some of these, some of these guys have owned their teams. Mike Brown has technically owned the Bengals since 1968. Jerry Jones has owned the Dallas Cowboys now over 30 years. You understand what I'm saying? Like, the Dean Spanos, as much as everybody hates him, he's owned the Chargers since 84. Like, you don't just give these teams up right. every other day. So, so it, when, they're, when they come up, well, society has to move where some of these guys, when Jerry Jones, this is true, when Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys in 1989, how many opportunities were out there for a minority in the United States to have the wealth that Jerry Jones had? And how many of those people would be willing to do business with them at that time in 1989? Not many. Today, things have changed, but it moves slower as time goes on. Well, it's, it it's brings terrible, us, but it's true. It's a perfect transition to a moment that transpired earlier today. Here is Ken Carmen welcoming in Jason Lockenfora. Jason Lockenfora joins us today. Jason, thanks for joining us. I, oh, hello. You got me now? Hey there. Jason, hello. Well. Hi. Hope you're doing well as uh, uh, too there. <laughs> Take luck. It's Brian Regan bit. That's you got to punch the guy up. And my fault. I did not punch him up. That was my fault. Why am I getting blamed oh, for? Hello, it? you got me now. Hey there, Jason. Hope hello. Well. Hi. Hope you're doing well as uh, uh, too there. I want to say hope you're doing well as well there. Sometimes we saw, I'll need to slow it down. Hey, by the way, Kenny, uh, a lot of people excited about what we are calling. Our 92.3 The Fan Odyssey National Kicker Week. We don't have a sponsor yet. We're working on it. We have already, now unbeknownst to you, we've already behind the scenes started to configure what Kicker Week is going to sound like. It's going to be a big one. Okay, so we were talking about music for the promo for Kicker Week. And immediately, I was thinking Kickstart My Heart. By uh, is that Motley Crue? Yes. Who is it? It's a wonderful. Okay, but Kenny, Kenny Owen had a better one. I have the Lonesome Kicker from Adam Adam Sandler. Have you heard that one? It's not on the two big ones. It's not on Stan and Judy's Kid, or they're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we might have a song already. That's perfect. And then I thought to myself, what are the most memorable kicking? Either sound bites, the garbage kicking field goal kick. Wait, the yes. garbage picking field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. <laughs> yes, I didn't think of that one. That's good. Who was the guy who was the was he a putter or a place kicker with bare feet? He was in a movie. And he played for the Denver Broncos. It was it was about a dog? Uh, oh my God, that was who was in that? That wasn't Scott Mayo, was it? Kid, I'm right. I'm googling kid dog movies. Wait, Dad are we talking about Air kicker. Bud Golden Receiver? Broncos. <laughs> no, it's a movie in the 90s. Bingo. It's bingo. The movie's bingo. Bingo. Movie's bingo. Okay. There it is. Meanwhile, Chucky's, Chucky's parents, Natalie and Hal, uh, the latter being a place kicker for the Denver Broncos, worry over their son. Boom. There it is. David Rash. Okay, now we're cooking. Uh, He's 77 years old now. How about uh, the Vanderjack quote has to be in there from Peyton Manning at the Pro Bowl? Yeah. Our stoop, our idiot, liquored up kicker. Oh. Now, he's laughing when he's saying that. No, he's not. 
I thought he well by the end he was laughing. I don't think he meant it. I don't think he meant it in jest. So, I think he meant to call so, that guy a total oh, oh, idiot. No, he did to be to watch that game. Man, seriously. imagine being drunk watching the Pro Bowl and one of your teammates calls you liquored up and you're like, hey. Because you know you're watching the Pro Bowl with your family, most likely, right? Ah, oh, let's let's take let's let's uh let's watch the best our my league has to offer. Your wife gives you an eye like the the side eye going, yeah, he likes to drink a lot. <laughs> I can confirm. So so not like in today's day and age, if that happens, they can get Vanderjack on FaceTime or on Zoom immediately. And then you could have, all right, we, we welcome back Peyton Manning onto the broadcast. And now we also have Matt Vanderjack, that liquored up kicker. He'd like to join us now liquored up kicker and respond. Us. Yes. Okay, so that's, that's going to be part of the promo and kicker week promo. Yes. Uh, we're talking about maybe the most famous kicking moments that we can recall. We have... Obviously, obviously, the Buffalo Bills missing the Scott field goal. Norwood. Scott Norwood, wide right. Okay, we have the double doink. Has yes. to be part of it. Yes. Uh, what are, Owen, what do we have? Well, we have, I mean, Cody Parkey's three miss day as a debut, which has Whoa. made the, guess what? Guess what? what? He, missed he missed it. it. Yeah. Absolutely. What about the Browns drafting Austin Seibert? That call. Oh, yeah. I don't know who announced it. Probably a Browns I'm legend. Sure I have that somewhere. Probably a Browns legend, right? It had yes. to be. It had to be like Hanford. Dixon. It was either that or Christian Kirksey announced a bunch of picks for like <laughs> eight years in a row. Uh, so so that's definitely going to be involved. So we'll ask people on Twitter. Tweeted us, and what should be added as a part of the promo for Kicker Week, and who do you want to hear from? Because we know who the keynote speaker is already going to be, and Keith actually you- has a contact. Are you sure? Okay, that's cool. Um, I want to hear. Do you want to hear from Mevis? We I just think, call him Mevis. Well, no, we have to. That was how we got into Kicker Week to begin with. Yes. What about the kid who's from the East Side who kicked at uh, Oklahoma? Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma yeah. guy. Yes. Do we want the kid from Michigan who actually won the Lou Groza Award? I think we got to bring him in, right? Everything's on the table. You we got to bring all these well, guys in for a try. The whole thing about the podcast was we were putting together the kicking week. Yes. Kickers week. So you can't just sit there and just stare into the freaking abyss when I say a name of a kicker. You have to say yes or no or something like that. Okay. Okay. So what about the kid? Where did the kid from the east side go to high school? Was it NDCL, I thought. Oh really? I thought I, 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 I could be wrong. Right down, right down the road from Alpine Valley and beautiful West Yaga High School. I've coughed so much, I have a headache right now. This sucks. Oh, that's got to be annoying. But that's what if anything's going to solve it, it's Kicker Week. Yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan's going to be talking Kicker Week before you know it. Is that what he's going to be doing? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Joe Rogan's going to be up to? He's going to be talking kickers. He's huh? like, are you worried about Joe? Joe came on uh, this week and Joe who? Joe Rogan, he... Why am I worried about Joe Rogan? Well, Joe Rogan, he didn't necessarily apologize for putting out, quote, misinformation, but he did say he's going to make sure to bring on both sides a little more. Okay, well, I know I have a check mark on Twitter, so I'm supposed to hate Joe Rogan. No, you don't have to hate I've him. I've only listened to Joe Rogan one time in my life, and that's when he had The Undertaker on. That's it. I don't hate him. I don't love him. I don't listen to him. I don't know. I'm sorry. Never have... Okay, so Joe Rogan has called Dave Chappelle the GOAT many times. He says he is the best that's ever done stand-up comedy. Has he did that, or is this a transition brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com? I think every time he talks about Dave Chappelle, he calls him the GOAT. Dave Chappelle called himself the GOAT. 
Greatest of all time. Acronym. Sorry, I w- I'm participating, but yeah. I had to blow my nose. Yes. He, he calls himself the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And we put this out there uh, before the podcast. Who is the best of all time? Now, I, I think for the sake of – I didn't of, ask who the best of all time is. I think we asked Andy if Dave did. Chappelle is yeah. the best of all time. Yeah, and I told you that we – me and you, we can't litigate whether or not Richard Pryor, Lenny Bruce, any of the old legendary stand-up acts. We, For the sake of our discussion, I don't think we can okay. do that. I just – I don't think we would be credible on something like that. So I think we can only talk about what's happened over the last 30-plus years, our lifetime. And Dave Chappelle fits into that realm. Would you say he's the best ever? I think he has an argument for it. I do. I uh, I think some of this is generational because a lot of what stand-up comedy is is subjective. Like, it's so weird. Football football really is a sport that's for everybody. Or, or at least, okay, the NFL, they gear it, they market it as a sport for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not. Like not everybody can play football even at its lowest level, but it's a but the NFL is marketed like there's something for everybody in it, and that's what they want to do. When it comes to comedy, like I, I there have been some brilliant comedians who you know what I mean. It's like uh, I, I like, but to me they're hilarious. But to others, like there's others who really don't like them. Like, uh, do I share this? Go ahead. Really share my opinion of a current comedian? Yeah, why not? All right, like we've had him on the show before. Uh, I'm not a big a fan as Bert, of Burt Kreischer as everybody else's. Okay, yeah. Why can't you say that? Because it's very unpopular to say. Yeah, but I, we're t- we're talking like nuts and bolts. All right, I don't think Burt Kreischer would put himself up there with all the best from, nuts and bolts comedians. It's just so to me, it's so much different from music because it's so it's it's even more personal than music. You get what I'm saying at all about mm-hmm. this or no? Yeah, hundred percent. Like 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 he tells stories and that's great. And I recognize like I don't think there's any comedians who I truly okay. There might be a couple who I truly really dislike, but I but there's been plenty that. Again, they, they've made a ton of money, and they've made a ton of money making people laugh so those people enjoy them. Like Jeff Dunham, I'm not into puppets. I don't really care about Jeff Dunham. Uh, Carrot Top, I don't think I've ever laughed at Carrot Top. Bill Engvall, n- eh, not great. I love Jeff Foxworthy, though. That's weird to me. Um, the uh, Larry the Cable Guy, not a big Larry the Cable Guy guy. And you'd think I would because I'm a stereotype. Not a big Larry the Cable Guy fan at all. But these are highly successful people, and I recognize that they might not be for me, but they are for other other folks, other folks, and that's fine. So if I say your favorite comedian isn't my favorite, if you want to go after me, go after me. That's fine. It's just I disagree. That's now Ron White was by far my favorite comedian of the Redneck Comedy Tour. Yes, Ron White was definitely. God, is he funny? He tells a story. He tells a story, I got to be careful on how I go about this, where he, right around the border, back in the day, he would get off work, run down there, and get, let's just say, favors from uh, whoever was down there, right? The ladies that were down near the border. And then he's watching watching TV. Friends of the road. It would be like, honestly, it was like 20 bucks, right? This is back in the day before he was famous, before he was even doing comedy. He was just working, leaving the job site and going. Yeah. Him and his buddies would go down there. And then three years later, he sees a criminal bust on television. Oh. And it turns out none of those were ladies at all. 
Oh my the, god! It is one of the funniest stories I have ever seen. Because you can you imagine him watching that on television, going, "Ah, they, they finally caught him! They finally caught what?" How do I was, put this? Was Ron White mislabeled? He should not have been on the blue collar comedy <laughs> tour. Right? Oh, blue collar—that's what it was. How do I, how, he was just there because he had the southern accent. Yeah. Yeah, totally different comedian than right. any of those. I'm willing to say there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> if you know what you're getting into. I think that people need to be upfront and tell the truth. And if they're into that sort of thing, then great. Is that too controversial or are we good there? Oh, I think you're okay. fine. Okay. Because I have, I have a buddy who basically the same thing had happened in a <laughs> totally – not even on this continent. It's a bad and it wasn't, it wasn't a prostitute either. And he like he woke up the next day, didn't think anything of it, then saw this person and was like, "Oh my dear goodness," and <laughs> and he was like, "Oh man," I'm like, "Hey, it's no big deal, no big deal. It happens, you know. What are you gonna do?" He told me I was like I was totally cool about it. I will say he's like, "Oh, what do I do?" I was like, "But he didn't know. It's fine. Did you have a good time?" He's like, "Yeah, I really did." I go, "Okay, maybe explore that side of yourself. It's okay." <laughs> I swear I wasn't even, I wasn't even messing with the guy. I was like, listen, I'm a very to a fault at times I'm an open minded person about this type of stuff. It's like whatever you like is what you like. You go ahead and do that. If you're into that sort of thing, man, you, if it, you must you have been watching you Euphoria. Holy cow. I did not watch Euphoria. I Googled Euphoria and I, I saw what there's a lot of things that you guys like about Euphoria. Or, excuse me, mm-hmm. a lot of things that you describe about Euphoria. Mary Kay Thank did not like much. it, necessarily. All right, we're getting... She, you know, she explained why she didn't like it, we... which was uh, surprising to me. She said through text, which I was like, oh, gosh, oh, who she was watching it with and everything like I that. Th- I understand her. Uh, so, we... who, who do you think... Wait a minute, what did you want to say? I, I don't want to bring up the Austin Cyber thing yet. We are getting lists uh, right now, top comedians. Of comedians? Yes. Okay. I thought you were moving on to the Austin Cyber thing. I go, we still have a lot of time. Don't, we have Sean saying, number one, Richard Pryor. Number two, George Carlin. Number three, Eddie Murphy. Number four, Dave Chappelle. We have JC in Cleveland saying, Carlin one, two, Pryor, three, Chappelle. My number one, because I think he's timeless, and I think the more time goes on, I wish George Carlin was alive right now. I think the more time goes on, the more he just ends up being brilliant. Uh, is is easily George Carlin. Uh, George Carlin to me, like I I had a moment the other day. My son, my middle son, was watching Thomas and Friends, Thomas the Train, and George Carlin narrates Thomas the Train in the early episodes. George freaking Carlin really? doing yeah Thomas and Friends, and I'm hearing George Carlin's voice, and he's watching Thomas and Tra- I'm like yeah, I was like we will watch George Carlin someday in a totally different form that you don't even know about yet. I I'm a huge fan of George Carlin. Uh, he's got to be my number one ever. I got to tell you, though, man, Dave's, Dave's got to be up there. I just like – I do. I, I respect his fearlessness. Uh, I I respect a comedian's right to talk about the subject they want to talk about. And I know that doesn't sit well with everybody. Like, they, com- to me, comedians are in their own platform. Mm-hmm. They're Like me, there are things I can say on the air and I can't say on the air because it's, it's not my airtime. You know, the fan owns our airtime. So I can't sit there and say offensive things because it's not my airtime. It's theirs. And I always – I know that. And no one's had to remind me of that. But for a comedian, whether it be Len- Lenny Bruce, Dave Chappelle, or Brian Regan, okay, it's their air. And you choose to see that person. 
you choose to click in and watch that person. And that is their form of free speech, and I do believe that needs to be protected, Tone. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Uh, I totally agree. I I start to think about it, – it's not that Chappelle – see, this is the thing about Carlin, too. I could make the argument that Carlin was as brilliant as any comedian that's ever lived. Just got very preachy towards the last however many years to where he was doing more more social commentary. And it was funny, but the social commentary, to me, didn't hit the spots. Same thing with Chappelle. Chappelle's – I'm listening to everything Chappelle's saying. I've seen every every Chappelle joke that he's ever told on a special. I've seen. I've seen every single one. Okay? He is obviously unbelievable, and he was doing it. He's such a freak. I don't think people understand. Chappelle is such a freak because he was doing this younger than any other stand-up comedian. I, I don't know that ever lived, but it's got to be close. Guys, he was in the, I, I believe, the D.C. clubs when he was 17. 17, yeah. And, and he had such confidence, and he's honed that delivery over time. But his economy of words isn't there. So, like, I, I appreciate some other comedians and the way that they per- Dennis Miller. perfect a joke. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Dennis is not everybody's cup of tea and definitely went political towards the end, uh, towards the last however many years. But he made me laugh. He definitely made me laugh. Even if I didn't see eye-to-eye politically with him, he still absolutely made me laugh. Uh, I am still going Louis C.K. is probably, is probably my all-time favorite. And I, it's, I'm not trying to tell anybody else. He definitely should be your all-time favorite. Uh, Bill Burr, I'm going to see. I think he's here in April. I love how nervous yeah. you were. What? I'm not nervous. Oh, you weren't? Okay, never mind. No. I, I, I think a lot of people are afraid to say Louis C.K. now uh, because of what he was caught up in. But he's made his comeback. He's just not going to be as big as he ever was because he was kind of canceled by a lot of people. And he's just going to sell his own stuff. That's the beauty of being a stand-up co- uh, comedian in the year 2022 is they can't cancel you. Yeah. He, he can just go straight to consumer. That's true. Um, and you know I love Anthony Jeselnik, just in terms of a newer comedian, even though he's probably been around now 15 years. Well, let me write, let me write these down here. Let me, let me write a couple of these down here. So who did you have again? You had Louis C.K. and who else did you have? You had Anthony Bill, Jeselnik Bill right Burr, there. Bill Burr. Boy, see, this is what, what gets tough about talking about comedians is you think you name them all and then someone names somebody. You're like, oh, that guy's brilliant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't mention Bill Burr. I'm like, oh, Bill Burr has to be in my top five. Easily in my top five. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I've, just about everything Bill Burr touches, I like. I don't, I don't care for his podcast as much as you do, which is odd. Yeah, I haven't listened to him as much lately. I really haven't. Yeah, we listened to it on the way back from Iowa. I'm like, eh. And I haven't, as- I, yeah, I haven't listened to Burt Kreischer nearly as much as I used to. Somebody who I you introduced me to Tim Dillon and I thought he was great. I think Tim Dillon is so good yes. in podcast form. I, I you know I miss I didn't go see him when he was at Alarities during COVID and everything. That's when he was blowing up, and he's on Patreon and he's making more money. My God, is he making so much money now? And it's yes. all he got the Rogan bump. But good Tim Dillon, him. I want to see him do stand up. And I told you another guy. It's more his podcast. I haven't really seen his comedy, even though he's been around forever. And he was part of that Howard Stern network. Is Greg Fitzsimmons. I love Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast. I, I cannot, I cannot en- encourage people enough to listen to it. It's incredible. Lord, am I the greatest cougher on air ever? I think you're top. T- well, top you five. weren't before today, but oh my goodness gracious! Um, you've made a case. So is there is there anybody who anybody could say is the number one guy ever? 
I think everyone says Richard Pryor. Subjective. Eddie Murphy didn't do enough comedy, right? Yeah, Eddie but Murphy that's went only away because every there's so many good comedians now that they all reference those guys. They do now. I haven't heard anybody, and it has been David Tell. So David Tell, I've seen him so many times, and I've seen him, I've seen him in his uh, his home venue, Comedy and that's Cellar. That's more of the. The wow. underground people are like, well, that's the guy. Most you know? comedians, I think that's a comedian's comedian. Most comedians will tell you that they think Dave Attell is at the top of the game. Or they'll tell you Louis C.K. Lyman and I listened to Skanks for the Memories <laughs> on the way home from Iowa. <laughs> we listened to Dave Attell, Skanks for the Memories on the way home. God, and you know what? It was insomnia. The show was insomnia, and that's how he got on my radar. And then I went to New awesome. York and saw him. And there's nobody quicker. There's nobody better at dealing with people that are there. And he knows every classification of person who's going to go to a show, and he can rip on all of them. He's just so good. And then if you're if you're wondering new comedian, I think I've we've said this on the air before. I made Ken listen to Mark Norman coming okay. back from Ames, Iowa, too. I mean, it was a long eleven hours. I mean, we had a lot of time right. to listen to everything. Yeah, it was a long time. I made him listen to Carrot Top, <laughs> who's even better. Didn't? He's even better on your radio. Stop. The um, giant Q-tips are rem- flying through the air ducts. <laughs> I don't remember Mark Norman. Mark Norman has this has this like old timey nineteen fifties delivery, and he's young. He's like I don't he's like thirty eight years old, thirty seven years old. I think. I don't remember him. Yeah, I think he is so good. I wish I remembered him. I can't remember him at all. I, I I'm trying right now. I'm trying to stall a little bit because I just want to remember names so we can get him in there. Before I, the end of the podcast, because I, I, I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I am Whoa. so devastated. Maybe this is the Kurt Cobain effect that people did not think Patrice O'Neill was as good as they think he is now. Oh, Once God. he passed away, he was elevated. He absolutely yes. was elevated. I, I, I listened to him on Opie and Anthony. People, we thought he was a genius, like the ONA listeners. I nope, thought he was great. But nobody else did. And then he dies. And now everybody wants to talk about how great Patrice was. And I'm thinking, yeah, you guys are kind of deifying him after the fact. I always thought he was really good, and the one special, and he was not polished. Like, normally guys in, in their special form, they have yeah. fleshed it out, and they, they have an economy of words. Patrice is up there just riffing in his special, just like he did in the uh, the the Charlie uh, blah, 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 blah roast. Which roast was it? I can't help you. Not Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen. Was it the Charlie Sheen roast that Patrice just went up there, and he, he people thought he winged it. He really didn't wing it, but. Kind of came off that way. Do you wung it? Or do you wing it? I think wunged it. He wung it. He winged it. He winged it. He winged it. He winged it. He wanged it. No, that ain't That's the one. A different thing. He he winged it. That's what they do on Euphoria. All right. Nobody has said Jerry Seinfeld. Who? Nobody said <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> and I almost think like it's become. If you, you like that, if you like Jerry too much, you're kind of like, oh yeah, obviously. But he was amazing. Obviously one of the better ones ever, right? Someone just texted us, Mitch Hedberg was funny and weird and also dead. Yes, he has passed away. I don't know why that had to be a part of it. Uh, I love Mitch Hedberg. He's a genius. Yeah, total genius. People tell me Bill Hicks. He's also uh, Uh, no longer with us. I keep telling you, the new Roy Wood Jr., I love it. I love his new special he did. You can see it on YouTube. It's all cut up into segments. I like Pete Holmes. Yeah, I've never really seen Pete's comedy. His I've seen Crashing. Yeah. I've seen him on Pi. I've heard his podcast. I, I, I like 
you know, obviously like Mulaney was a very hot name and Mulaney does a salt and pepper diner bit that I think is one of the funniest things ever. It's old. It's probably 15 years old now. No kidding. That bit was, that was when he was still just wearing hoodies on stage not, and not full not three-piece tuxedos. suits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Big Land says Tom Segura is good. Here's Tom is a really good podcaster and our buddy Josh Potter, who helped launch the station, who then got the hell out of here immediately. Yeah. Uh, he runs his network. And I really like Tom Segura, but his comedy is just, it's a bunch of stories, and he's one of the best storytellers there are. I'm just not into stories as much. Like, I gravitate more towards punchlines. Yes. Joke, setup, punchline, formula, that kind of thing. I, I, I'm okay with Tom Segura. I think he's, there's a couple things he says. The one time, somebody sent me the thing about wrestling. And I, you know, I love wrestling. I was crying laughing I don't know at it. what he was saying. So he, I actually texted Potter about it. This was like a couple years ago where he just went in on wrestling in the, in like the driest, like he wasn't like when I, when I get really angry and I'll start like ripping off sentences and ripping people, there is a lot of passion behind it. Tom Segura was so flippant about it tone. And it was so hilarious. He just started making fun of wrestling and guys <laughs> dancing around in their underwear. I, and I, I couldn't help it. I was dying laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I texted Potter and I'm like, you tell that son of a, and he goes, he, he's like, don't get work to do it. Like he did the don't get work to do his shit. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm dying here. This is great. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things. Like I can laugh. I can laugh at the meanest things basically ever. I mean, I can just laugh at anything mean. Uh, can I share some with you before we go? Go ahead. I know we got to get to the Austin Cybert thing. Did you see what J- Jim Trotter tweeted out 30 minutes no, ago? No, no. He got an email. He wrote, young journalists, please do your homework before reaching out to potential sources. Google search is your friend. Jim Trotter got an email. Jim Trotter is an accomplished journalist, reporter, yeah. NFL media, the whole thing, been on ESPN. Who's the better Trotter? Thing. Jim Trotter. Oh. No offense to Jake, but Jim Trotter is Jim Trotter. You got to give it to Jim Trotter. <laughs> so it, it says, good morning, Mr. Trotter. I am trying to reach Junior Seau to hear what he thinks of the NFL donating $1 billion toward the cannabis industry to study the impact of cannabinoids on treating pain management. Please give me a call at your convenience. Best regards. And he's blocked out where this person's from and what website they represent. Oh, I got a good prank idea. The, the 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 subject was trying to reach Junior Seau. I got a great prank idea. What well, was, we'll, don't, I don't even want to hear it. Don't even we'll say it. Discuss that during our Trotter Week. Any we're gonna do Trotter Week a week after Kicker Week. Anybody do a good Seau impression? No. We get Joey Molinaro in here. <laughs> no. Uh that's a Mark. We Ant- have a, it's a three day week, so we'd have to do it like during a Christmas break because there'd be Jim Trotter, Jake Trotter, Jeremiah Trotter. Oh, another trotter. Boom. That's it. That's it. Boom. Those are your three trotters. Uh, I- JC and Cleveland, did you check out Andrew Schultz's special on Netflix? I did. I just don't think it's something he can replicate a whole bunch of times. Jim Gaffigan. Oh, well, I know you love his politics, Kenny. What's the matter with his politics? Yeah, he's not a fan of, uh, you know, the uh, last president. Not a fan. Uh, oh, a okay. Fan. That's... That's that fine. the hot pocket guy. Well, the thing was, Gaffigan was someone who never injected opinions in anything, and then all of a sudden, he admits it. He's like, "I couldn't take it anymore. I had to. I had to use my soapbox. I had to for humanity." But he was somebody who, if you looked at the people that went to a Gaffigan 
concert, and he ah. sold out MSG. He sold out all the biggest venues in the country. <laughs> Certainly those were people who wouldn't like what he had to say about the last president. That's all. Somebody said, oh, whatever happened to Dimitri Martin, Mark Angelo? Uh, again, that, that's kind of a novelty, what he was doing. Yes. And he was someone who started to use technology and and outside the box stand up oh comedy my God. acting. I know who Mark Norman is now. Oh my God! Sorry. Somebody sent us the clip of Mark Norman on New Day Cleveland, and I know exactly who yeah. he is now. Oh my God! And that's like his bit too, is to go on those type of shows. Right? He's the only and one doing awkward. Them. None of these comedians want to go on these shows anymore because they feel like they don't need to. Like remember, they used to live in radio studios. Only a few of these guys do this. Uh, now at all because oh, they feel like they I know. I'm, and I would love to have comedians come in. Right. Man, we had, would you say the worst one we ever had? Because we don't really do it anymore. Yeah. Would you say the worst one? I'm going to give you options here. Uh, Rob Schneider. Schneider. Or who is the SNL impression guy? Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow was just, we get, well, the, I, I love Jay Farrow. It just didn't work. The shocker of the Jay Farrow thing was that him and Kenny Kidd <laughs> We're basically best friends yeah. after that. <laughs> that was amazing to me. That's they right. Had they had so much other. in common. They loved each other. And I think uh, Kenny Kidd should have hated him because we kept having to dump Jay <laughs> yes. Farrell for what he was saying. We, like, ran out of dump. We're like, dude, you can't say anything like this. He was this doing on Denzel the radio. in training day, and the words he was using, you couldn't do. And I think the problem with him was, and I think he was expecting us to go, okay, Denzel, go. Kick it up, yeah. And we don't do that because we do it out of respect of the comedians that don't like you doing that. But the same thing we encountered with Caliendo, we were never going to have Caliendo do impressions. We just assumed they'd come up. And I, I think Caliendo was probably thinking, well, they haven't really asked me to do this, and I'm trying to sell tickets. Or I don't even know if he was trying to sell tickets, was he? I, I don't remember. But eventually, yeah, Frank Caliendo's going to want to do the impressions. Yeah, eventually he's going to want to do the impressions, but we feel so awkward because we know those guys tend to make fun of radio guys that put it up on the tee. Here you go. Swing it and knock it out of the park. So wait a second. You're telling me that uh, Kramer from Seinfeld walks into, and it's like, ah, I don't really like to do that. So Robin Williams all of a sudden has this epiphany when he – it's like, yeah, they don't really we don't really want to set them up like that. That's all. Sorry. Now I'm in a battle mode right now on Twitter. <laughs> I thought we were gonna go to the Austin Cyber thing. I'm we should have had Kelly well, we, do, do we should have had Kelly Endo do a Ken Carmen. We should have sent him Ken Carmen because he could have yeah, done you. Definitely. I guarantee he could do you. What would he do? Go, um He'd uh, just go. Mm, he would have done this. Hold on. I know exactly what he would have done. What have you done? He would have, uh, if if it came down to it, he would have done something like this. Jason Lockenfora joins us today. Jason, thanks for joining us. I oh, hello? You got me now? Hey there. Jason, hello. Well. Hi. I hope you're doing well <laughs> as, uh, uh, too there. You guys are something else. Sorry, I'm dying. All he has Someone to do is go, I'm Ken Carmen. <coughs> <laughs> you guys had a cough off today. I'm sorry. That's okay, Kenny. I apologize. Anything else? We going to do the Austin Cyber thing? I got to call. We don't need uh, to do it. I got to make a phone call here soon. That was 
Keith went and grabbed that audio while we were still doing kickers, and by the Keith time sucks. we got it in, all mm-hmm. right, that was it. That's it. All right, we done. We could we do done? dead comedians week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 